Hey, pull up a chair. It's Hacks on Tap with David Axelrod, Robert Gibbs, and Mike Murphy. We're going to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. I love Pennsylvania Avenue. And we're going to the Capitol. And we're going to try and give... The Democrats are hopeless. They're never voting for anything. Not even one vote. But we're going to try and give our Republicans, the weak ones, because the strong ones don't need any of our help, we're going to try and give them the kind of pride and boldness that they need to take back our country. So let's walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. I want to thank you all. God bless you. So here we are, Hacks, first episode of the new year, which was going but to But it sounds some... very much like the old year. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Happy New it, Year, yeah. you guys. Happy, yeah, happy I wish you were happier. I don't feel happy today. I do not. Here we are on the first day since August of 1814 when the Redcoats invaded the Capitol, the United States Capitol, the Citadel of Democracy, as President-elect Biden called it today. You can still smell the tear gas rising over it after an assault, an assault on our democracy, an insurrection. So... Pretty, pretty damn grim. Incited by the, by the president Completely of the United States. Completely, the traitor which, in chief. Yeah, I uh, I have to say, you know, I was um, I was looking forward to this to getting together with you guys yeah. in the new year. I thought a fresh start, new president. Uh, you know, we had these interesting races in uh, Georgia, um, but you know what, Gibbs, we should have seen this coming. We should have seen it coming. Well, we kind of did, and you know, we talked about how he's been, but this is this was it, not the idea that it happened. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, um, to your point, Axe, I mean, he, you know, Trump tweeted out, "See you January the sixth. Yes, uh, I, I, I think a lot of people, I, I certainly was one of them. I wanted to think that he was going to, you know, sort of huff and puff and uh, and 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 do his magic act and seek his attention, but that uh, in the end it wouldn't explode like it did today. And uh, he's been trying to light this match for a long time. And today it caught on fire and it burned a lot. And it was a sad and angry day, a humiliating day for this country. You know, yes, he'd been, listen, this is the culmination of four years of degradation of institutions, laws, rules, and norms. I keep trying to find the right way to express this, but Donald Trump, does not believe in any of that. He thinks nothing's on the legit. You know, uh, yeah. he the you know the world is this dystopia, and the strong win, and you seize what you can seize. You know, any way you can. That's how he's governed this country. It's uh, right, and now you know, in defeat, he literally wants to try and steal the presidency. But what's uh, you know, just to interrupt for a second, yeah. David, just to echo that, because I've had the same thoughts. It is a tell that he is so corrupt, he sees the world in corrupt terms. So there is no legitimacy. Right. There's no institutional guardrails. I don't think he can even comprehend that. He's so deeply corrupt. And clearly he's crazy and paranoid. So we reached both a tragic and a fitting crescendo to the Trump years with this, you know, this historically, th- this makes Watergate look like a speeding ticket. I mean, the the call governor to uh, Raffensperger in Georgia a week ago made Watergate like, we're, we're like, we, we've turned the dial to 12. And uh, uh, the system is really not built to comprehend this stuff because it's it's been 
until today unthinkable. Yeah, well, you know, uh, uh, General Mattis put out a statement tonight uh, that I think is worth uh, reading. He said, today's violent assault on our capital and affront uh, an effort to subjugate American democracy by mob rule was fomented by Mr. Trump, his use of the presidency to destroy trust in our election and to poison our respect for fellow citizens has been enabled by pseudo-political leaders whose names will live in infamy as profiles and cowardice. And I think that's an important point, uh, Mike. And I don't, this is not a partisan point, but, uh, but it will sound that way, maybe to your ears. But, I mean, there has been so much accommodation of Donald Trump by so many people in the Republican Party. And up to and including those who signed on to this horrendous and, and completely unfounded challenge uh, to Biden's election, you know, conferring legitimacy on conspiracy theories that have been laughed out of 61 courts. Yeah, no, look, I, we have no d- disagreement on this. It's like a crazy man says the moon is made out of green cheese, and all these Republican Pauls say, well, we really need to investigate this green cheese thing. It, it <laughs> is, you know, it is, it is, cow- I, look, I am, my head is exploding. You know, I got in a lot of trouble on Twitter. Because I said, ideologically, I don't hate the idea of a plus one Republican Senate as much as I despise the cowardice most of them have shown, with huge exception for uh, Mitt Romney from day one and, and Ben Sass lately. Uh, so, but I, and I tweeted this, I wanted them both to lose in Georgia. And we'll get to the race in a little bit because we have entered sedition. We're the party of sedition now. And though I am, we're talk about this, but this might have been a tipping point, not, not a utopian one or everybody... But I talked to a couple of members who were holed up today and some staff and everything, and it, it is this thing has been a, 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 a spine cracker for a lot of them. Some of the energies out of the MAGA. And also, after Georgia, they know it's suicide. But yes, the Republicans are guilty of sin on this, and it is, it is a stain on the party, and it will be for a long time, and it's on us to dig our way out of it now. And look, I think this was like there were clues that were dropped all along the way, as you said, David, not just for the last four years, but really in a big way since election night. And, you know, there's all these anonymous quotes of people saying, first of all, you know, he'll he'll concede gracefully, which we knew he never was going to do. But this idea, remember, that there were these anonymous Republican strategists and, and I think people in the White House. Look, what's the harm in giving him a little space to be kind of to grieve and be angry? And and now we know exactly what that means. We we've. This guy has been given just enough space, just enough oxygen to keep this fire burning hot for four years. And, and when and it all culminated is, is Murphy, as you said, I thought the word crescendo was uh, was perfectly used. It, it was um, it, it's unspeakable. It's unspeakable to watch the video of people breaking windows and rushing in and. Uh, and, and to see guns pulled on the floor and people barricaded in the well, room. and someone it's was just, shot and killed and right yeah. i mean this is this 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 was you know uh this was not an american scene this was uh this was a banana republic scene this was eastern europe this was um you know this this was not uh this this was uh this was shocking but uh uh I still, you know, um, I wish, Mike, that I was as confident as you, because I think the forces that 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 Trump harnessed 
and inflamed uh, are not just Trump. I mean, they're social media, they're Fox, they're, uh, you know, uh, Tucker Carlson was on TV tonight defending the defending the insurrectionists, saying it was the only way they could be heard. Um, and so that gives you a sense. I, I don't, you know, I, I hope that sobriety takes hold. But I, I remember the shooting of uh, when when those members of Congress were shot at their baseball practice, and there was this sense of comedy. And it lasted, you know, a week or two. Uh, and then everybody went back to their corners. And I do think uh, that one of the problems that Republicans are going to have is that Donald Trump is seeking vengeance on everyone who defied him on Kemp, on Raffensperger. And Kemp's, by the way, his approval rating has dropped to 25 in Georgia in like five weeks with Trump's assault uh, on him. Yeah, no, no, look, I'm, I am not Pollyanna about this, but I think what the calculus for many of them is this Trump thing we went along with doesn't work anymore. It equals defeat mm-hmm. and despair. The Democrats now run everything. The left is on the march and we're in shambles. And that plus this moment of excess and horror today, I think it's funny. A, 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 a House chief of staff called me today and said, you know, it's funny. Two weeks ago, this madness of challenging the thing was running wild. In the study committee meeting a few days ago, it had reverted to a majority in the room against it. And that was before this. Um, so do I think it's all over? No. And I think the the, you know, grievance profiteers like like Tucker, they're they're as long as the paychecks work, they're gonna they're gonna, you know, sell tickets to the freak show. But I think the center of gravity may move only in that I don't think Trump's grip is gonna be as I think it has a half life that started now. And we're seeing this is something you and I have kind of well, disagreed with all along. But we're seeing twenty twenty two if it's all about being on the right side of Trump or not. Nothing crystallizes Washington fear and elected officials like people losing their jobs, like their colleagues losing their jobs. But, but this is not a light switch that can be turned off. And, and just to be clear, this, this, this arc didn't start in 2016 and, and, or crescendo, it may have crescendoed today, but this arc goes back 2008, 2009, 2010. I mean, you know, some of this was Donald Trump, but you know, I said this earlier, sitting president had to fly his birth certificate from Hawaii to prove to people he, he was an American. And, and again, you, you can't turn that off. Yeah. But Trump has been catalytic. You know, Trump took it to a bonfire We're, we will see. Right. But you I know. don't, again, but I don't think, you know, he's the big log, but there's still a lot of embers. There's a lot that's on fire. Let me ask you guys something else. There's stories circulating tonight that there is a movement among cabinet members to, invoke the 25th Amendment and remove Trump uh, from office uh, for the final 13 days. Yeah, yeah, um, I've heard about it. Yep. Yeah, I mean— And NAM, a, a blue-chip Republican group, like, yeah, you National know, almost the Chamber of Commerce, they, those trade associations never do stuff like that, and Jay Timmons does That was striking. Yeah, yeah, that was really yeah. striking. But uh, I guess my question to you guys is, you know, and, and, and I may be just— uh, cowardly in this regard, because I do recognize the danger of a madman, and I think he is that at this moment, yep. uh, in charge of the government, and, and with the megaphone of the president, which is he's only been using to inflame. Um, uh, but uh, the question is, 
does a um, does an extraordinary maneuver to remove him early, thirteen days early. Does that actually pour more gas on the fire? Does that? Uh, I think from his point of view, if he, you know, one the twenty fifth amendment thing is, is tricky because Pence has to be part of it. Though who knows? Trump's now apparently Wait. his public enemy, and then you got to go to a vote. He made a clean cut from him today. You know, at, yeah, finally. Yeah, I, so maybe he will. I do think there, the cabinet is a mix of temporary dregs and Washington careerists who sold out to Trump and now are thinking about will they ever be able to get that board seat on Lockheed Martin now post-government. So there might be some interest in trying to clean themselves up by doing that. I think the other far-fetched scenario that is maybe even more likely is Trump resigns so Pence can pardon him and he can leave with a suit of legal armor to go face his future problems the negotiated settlement but i think the bottom line of both these scenarios is is uh the 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 more the much broader recognition that what could happen in the next 13 days i mean you know can you imagine the constitutional crisis we'd be in if the commander-in-chief decided he wanted to go to a war with iran uh, you know, we moved B-52s over there. We've we've kept aircraft carriers over there. I mean, does, I mean that that certainly keeps me up at night. Yeah, but I don't know. I I think the chain of command, the command authority, no, you know, they don't have to take unlawful orders. And there's some Nixon precedent here where he'd get drunk and have a bad night, and they'd kind of unplug the phones. Uh, well, uh, I'm the, hoping that what what, but I want to. I'm hoping is that it doesn't get to that because these yeah. these other things get kicked in because I I, I don't I don't know that we can I, I don't know that we can. I, I think the damage in the next 13 days could be exponentially greater than we felt in 13 months. And and that's a lot. You know, it's been really interesting throughout because Trump basically, uh, he essentially resigned as president on, on November yes. 4th. Yeah. Uh, and he hasn't been doing the job since. He's only been out there, you know, whipping up this crazy ass shit about his election and how he was defrauded. Uh, that culminated in what we saw uh, today. Uh, but every time you thought this was a time a president should step up, Biden has gone before the cameras and given and modeled what a president mm-hmm. should say in moments like this. Yeah, and, and Biden and he, knows the rule book. You know, he knows you're head of state, not just head of a political party. You got a job to do. Trump is an alien idea. He was great today. Yeah, let's let's listen to that. You've heard me say before in different contexts, the words of a president matter, no matter how good or bad that president is. At their best, the words of a president can inspire. At their worst, they can incite. And therefore, I call on President Trump to go on national television now to fulfill his oath and defend the Constitution and demand an end to this siege. You know, uh, <laughs> Biden gave it, it was, it was a lengthier uh, segment than that, but he, you know, he spoke about what democracy means. Those words that he said uh, about the words of a president mattering, this has been something that's been you know, lost on Trump, or at least manipulated by Trump. Um, I always thought, and Robert, you more than I, because you spoke for the president on a daily basis, 
I think we all felt the way, even those who spoke for him, not just the president himself, that you could send armies marching and, and markets tumbling mm-hmm. just with the wrong phrase. Trump has been completely uh, disdainful of that. He basically says whatever he wants, uh, whenever he wants to, regardless of the, the term. So I, I thought, A, it was heartening because Biden understands that, and I think he will be responsible. Uh, which is going to be a, a necessary and welcome change. But it was interesting, you know, he said it, and a few minutes later, Trump shot out. He didn't stand in front of cameras, of course, but he, he shot out uh, a a uh, video on Twitter, uh, and it almost made things worse. Yeah, it did. Let's let's give let's it. A, I, I even hate to play it, but I guess. But we should we because I think it's important. On him, yeah. We should we should hear it. I know you pain. I know you're hurt. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, and everyone knows it, especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election, but we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. Dear God, make it stop. Yeah, everything is tactics. He never questions the premise, the faulty premise. And well, that's look, what makes these people think they're heroes. They think yeah, they're well, serving. Well, questioning the premise, the he loves cause. them, man. He thinks they're yeah. very special. Right, that's my but point. The he main, embraces it. The, the main thing is he uses this phrase, they, they took it away from us. Right. And that is the essence of Trump's politics. You know, these people are stealing everything from you and me. And, uh, you know, I'm the avenging angel and we, and so on. And it's just, it is, it, it is you know, this just souped up, torqued up uh, politics of resentment. So under the guise of, of, of responding to the challenge to tell people to stand down, he comes in with another can of kerosene. No, he reinforces the righteous purpose that they see in the the mind bubble he's created around his people. And meanwhile, he's the avenging angel who will now retire to the White House bunker while they go out and get shot. Exactly. Uh, 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 trying to bust down the uh, the center of American democracy. Yeah, I'm right behind you guys. He yeah, said at the rally, I'll be marching with you. And yeah. then he headed back inside yeah, to watch course. them on TV. Of course. Yeah. Do you remember those quaint times when we used to refer to these statements as dog whistles until we realized that dog whistles are something Subtle. only a dog can hear, the shrill yeah. sound, this high-pitched, and, and and now we realize that we all can hear the dog whistle because he, he says it all very out loud. It's all very plain. I would call it a treason klaxon horn. You know, there's <laughs> it is ear-splitting. Genuine incitement for exactly what happened today. I, I'd be remiss, though, if I didn't say this. I, I'm still... I still deeply do not understand how all these people got into the Capitol. Yeah. No, I think that's a huge question. I do not understand how four hours later I'm sitting watching the same TV and all of a sudden there's riot gear 
and they're moving people back. And I want to know, I want to know exactly how many people are under arrest because the number yeah. I saw was 15. Yeah. 15 Well, there people. are two, two issues there. One, 15 people. I, I applaud the frontline cops because they're overwhelmed and I'm sure very brave and a bunch got injured. But whoever was planning today, knowing this was coming well, that's uh, at the command level there, was asleep at the switch. I actually watched this too, and I guess I've turned into a counter loon because I, I was so <laughs> furious. I started to have, for the first time in my life, fond nostalgia with some shame for Mayor Daly's 1968 Chicago police force, because I kind of feel like we could have used him right there. I, it's not a moment for woke policing. Well, and yeah. uh, uh, so the thing, I think, was a, a, on the on the big picture level, a colossal failure. And questions have to be asked. And I think you're seeing new leadership at the Capitol Police soon. I, I want to know when the letter of resignation is coming. I want to know when the letter is coming. I mean, it's. Yeah. I, I will say this. I, I feel like we should say this because I, I saw this a lot on Twitter today. And... I, I didn't really want to think about it, but I've thought about it a bunch over 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 the last few hours. And I think we should just bear it out by saying if every one of those protesters had been black. Absolutely. Yeah. What, yeah. Would, well, this, we know. what, would, what would that police response look like? We know there are pictures uh, tweeted out today of uh, the phalanx of, of p- police in riot gear on the steps of the Capitol when Black Lives Matter uh, were uh, were uh, protesting. Absolutely. It would have been a completely I mean, this happened, Murphy, it happened. You, you saw the pictures in the, in the Michigan State Capitol, guys yep. walking in with, with machine guns and AK-47s. If, if that had been black men in Michigan, there would have been SWAT teams in full riot gear shutting that place down and, and arresting people. Rather, today, it looks like we told them all to go back to their, their hotel. But this was even more egregious. They, they treated it every black lives matter thing is treated like an automatic threat and there there is lawlessness there has been but this thing is treated like a bunch of tourists coming by to take selfies right well exactly. the other thing is uh there are these uh, you know there were requests made for national guard uh and there were intimations today that um the president was not willing to act on those things um it, it took intervention by other government officials to get the guard uh, released tonight. Another good to, reason for the tonight. 25th Amendment. Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand. I mean, yeah. apparently Pence was exactly. calling, calling... No, they went to Pence. Pence. I mean, the, the reporting is He's foggy the now. We're going to learn, but apparently the chain took it to Pence to get a yes. You know, in the Defense Department to be able to, to operationalize the Guard. I mean, it is... Yeah, no, no. Just on, a terrible on all set, that yeah. stuff, it is a, a horrible failure. And there will be changes, and there ought to be. Okay, then let's take a break right here, and we'll be right back. You know, Gibbs, every once in a while uh, on Twitter, people will write in and say, Axe, you make me nauseous. But nausea is nothing to joke about. It's like getting stuck in the back of a car, and you're kind of a little bit hemmed in, and you just you get that feeling, and it starts in your stomach. It's not yeah, a good and 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 like you're on your way to something good, a a celebration or party or something, and now you're nauseous and you can't get rid of it. Except there is an answer now, and it's called Relief Band. Tell us about Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA cleared anti nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with 
motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. The product is 100% drug-free, non-drowsy, and provides all-natural relief with zero side effects, zero, for as long as needed. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea from patients, but now through Relief Band, it's available to all of us. Here's how it works with Relief Band. It stimulates a nerve in the wrist that travels to the part of the brain that controls nausea. Then it blocks the signal your brain is sending to your stomach telling you that you're sick. Relief Band is the only over-the-counter wearable device that has been used in hospitals and oncology clinics to treat nausea and vomiting. If you know somebody who deals with nausea, Relief Band makes a great gift. I'm telling you, Relief Band works. We know from our own experience, we sent one to our engineer who often gets nauseous during our shows, and he reports 100% cure. Don't fall for those cheap bands you see in drugstores or on your Instagram feed. All right. Right now, Relief Band has an exclusive offer just for our Hacks listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code HACKS, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So head to reliefband, R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D, Dot com and use our promo code HACKS for 20% off plus free shipping. What about Pence? I mean, no one's carried more water for Donald Trump than Mike Pence. Uh, and uh, I guess, you know, it finally came down to the big confrontation on Monday uh, where uh, the president said, uh, you know, you need to, essentially, you need to obviate the election. You need to cancel the election uh, on my behalf and declare that it was fraudulent. And Pence appropriately said, I don't have the authority to do that, and I'm not going to do that. Uh, he issued a pretty strong statement uh, just as he entered the chamber today, uh, talking about standing up for the Constitution. And then obviously acted independently of the president in dealing with uh, the rioting and insurrection there and had a very strong statement when he came back to the chamber. Yeah, at night. I think he knows the jig is up. You know, he was cornered. It, it got to the point where it's over. And as much as for Republican primary politics, and I have no doubt he's been preparing to run for president, this was a bridge too far. That he, That tells you how far it was. Even Mike Pence couldn't uh, uh, supplicate himself to do it. So he, he went the other way. One, I think he probably believed it. But if there was a slippery way to get out of conflict with Trump, I'm sure he would have taken it. He just couldn't find one. So he was left with doing the right thing, which I, I fear might have been a lot lower on his menu based on the last four years than you would hope. But he did it. And and McConnell, too. You know, Mc, McConnell knows this is bullshit. And, uh, and, you know, it's never going to be the Aaron Sorkin speech that my friends on the left want where McConnell calls for Trump to be arrested. But he, he you know, he, he stood his line. I liked his speech. I don't. He, he made a great speech. I don't want Aaron Sorkin either. But like <laughs> if, if if our buddy is an, a mass murderer and, and after it, it, it's murder 25 that finally pushes over us to condemnation. I mean, right. I, you know, it, it just is. I, I think this whole, you know, look, I, I, I can hardly wait to at least get back to where. 
the vice president walking into the Senate to acknowledge his constitutional role in in elections yeah, isn't lauded yeah. as being a statue bearing uh, activity. Right. We can yeah. stop with this dis- decision that like, hey, Joe Senator has decided he's not going to object to. Uh, rightfully counting electoral votes as if that is again some yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> remarkable you know god let's build him a freaking memorial jim langford is now gandhi because he decided not to piss on the constitution tonight yeah. but you know yeah, but I you know I, I, in terms of mcconnell i actually think he made a very very good speech today. he did I agree. he just comes from a guy who has uh has uh uh, regularly accommodated Trump. Yes, degraded our our our, our democratic uh, norms, uh, and you know it, it it has a little less meaning. In, in, uh, it was it was he came up big in the moment, but uh, he's also been an accomplice for a very long time and predating and predating Trump. But I think it will be good to have, and I've thought this longer than today, and I and and, and I wish we would have known the full tally of this vote before the activities of this afternoon. I think it's remarkably important that we get the names of every person who believes, particularly after today, that we should continue to fight this battle around fraud in this election. I, I Murphy, you've sort of said this before. Let's like let's get a big piece of marble and, and put their names in it and, and put it in yeah, a big we're, part we're looking of the, at the, doing the that. parking we, lot of the I'm in. We I'm, want I'm, to do a, a tower of shame. The problem I'm, is I'm the happy. statues in DC, because we'd rather not do it in, in you know in Pyra, Kansas, are all they're mostly controlled by the Congress. Because you gotta get the, the it, we need somebody to give us fifteen square meters of private land somewhere in DC and it'll happen. Because I want their grandchildren to see their names. But one one point about McConnell and Pence, back to the you know, the endless debate that Axe and I are gonna have for eternity about will the party ever come back from this this Trump uh, black hole if that's what it takes to live forever okay but but they <laughs> one reason you see them deal trump has cornered them so badly and put him in a position where there's nothing else to do he's forcing them to fight and now that he's their enemy they got no option but to fight they're motivated to fight because there's no peace now as trump goes crazy so when when you're cornered the last resort is to push back and fight you better start doing it to win and I think you're going to see more of that, more of that in the party going forward. What about Holly and Cruz? I mean, they thought it was a shrewd move for them for 2024 to leap in to this uh, into this crap about uh, objecting to un- uh, objectionable uh, certifi- certified election results. This clearly became a bad idea last weekend when yeah. the the trans the 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 audio and the transcript of the call with the Georgia Secretary of State was leaking. I can't imagine that like, you know, both Holly and Cruz were probably like, oh, if we'd waited 24 hours, we might not have stepped in that huge pile of dog shit. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're doing a, a great job of winning the 2016 primary. Like a lot of campaigns are looking backwards to figure out the future. And I, I think, I think Holly really hurt himself because he's now the complete pushed, uh, sock puppet and the contempt form. Keep in mind when the National Association of Manufacturers calls <laughs> for the 25th Amendment, that is not only <laughs> responsible huge business talking, that is half the money in the Republican Party talking. Mm-hmm. And and if Holly had hoped to be, hey, I'm the new smart face of Trumpism, you know, I'm the guy. That's all gone now. 
he's an irresponsible lunatic. And so Tom Cotton played it smarter. Who's he kind did. Of his I rival. think Cotton well, played it really smart. He yeah. did. Look, there's people are looking. They've got 13 days to try to get a sentence in their obit that reminds people, even, even in the last two minutes of the play, they left. They left early. They couldn't yeah. take it. Like you saw tonight, I don't know, Stephanie Grisham, the White House press secretary that never visited the briefing room, uh, she resigned purportedly uh, because of the violence. I, I no offended. doubt. I mean, well, uh, Reince Priebus put out a big statement. He's offended now. You know. Yeah, I mean, all these so. guys are trying to like. This is like I'm the. I'm going to get the last seat off the Titanic. Yeah. The we should talk about seat. Cotton for a minute because we congratulate him without really telling our listeners what he did. He basically did not hit the big Holly gong and decided not to get into that auction, even though he's carved out that lane, that kind of hybrid lane, at least for now that, uh, that, um, uh, Josh Holly had. So anyway, he, he did not put his chips in the fire. I stand by what I said earlier. We shouldn't build a huge statue to him, but I, I tell you the, the genuine fuck you I loved in his statement was, you know, Holly is, we should, we should bring in all these great Ivy league institutions and remind them that they're, uh, bestowed great degrees in in law uh, on some of these Mensa members. <laughs> yeah, so the Yale, Yale strikes man, right? again. Just it's first Hillary is, now him <laughs> as a Yale law law grad, and and Ted Cruz is a, is a Harvard law grad. These huge thinking minds. One of them even uh, a, a Supreme Court uh, judicial clerk. And I loved Cotton's statement that walked through why exactly what was being proposed didn't fit into the Constitution, as if as if to not just go out and not do it, but kind of poke really hard right at the end about like, Hey boys, you don't even understand why you can't do this. So I, I, I gave him a, a few points for that, even though, like I said, following the constitution shouldn't be uh, overly laudable. All right. Let's take a minute to hear from one of our esteemed sponsors. Wherever those guys are going, where they're not going for the next two years is into the majority in the U.S. Senate. Great segue. Uh, uh, yeah, look at that. You, you practiced that. You've you done this before? Yeah. Yes, I've, I've been. I've, actually, been I was pounding that here, one on television. Rather than listen, <laughs> rather rather than listening to you, your last few comments, you guys, I was preparing that segue. <laughs> Georgia, I have to say, on the day after the election, November fourth, you could get some pretty uh you could get some pretty good odds you know if you if you took the democrats in this election uh you you know there was some talk that maybe they could take one highly unlikely they yeah could i always two. thought kelly would l- lose but i thought old purdue would hang on and boy they did it you got to give him credit warnock is was the the star candidate of the four of them he had a little sparkle of charisma yeah and, and let's she, let's she just let's just uh, note there is something there is something really, really moving about the pastor from Dr. King's church uh, becoming the first Democrat since Reconstruction. Well, they, they weren't, but you know, there's a Republican, African American Republican uh, senator from the Deep South, uh, uh, but there's no Democrat. He he goes to the Senate uh, at a time when the country's deeply riven. I mean, the symbolism of it all is is really, really great. But I want to talk about the politics of it and how how it happened. 
Well, uh, I will start off with saying, Murphy, you might want to write this down. Um, in, <laughs> in, 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 in great Southern vestiges with the monumental black church, maybe we should skip the, like, let's attack the black church ads for Republicans. Oh, Just, yeah. You know, it's funny. Our friend, Dr. <laughs> David B. Hill, late of Auburn, Alabama, one of the great yeah, Republican pollsters, good guy. He he is like me, a rabid anti-Trumper, and uh, he worked on our vet with us. He, he started texting me when Cable was all like, wow, this looks really close, and it was the greatest. He had two points. One, boy, have any of these guys heard of the Atlanta Hammer? Because <laughs> you know, yeah, if you look right. at the numbers, that right. that was coming, and, and the rural underperformance. But his other good point was, because he's an evangelical, is you you don't attack the the a, a mainline african american preacher in the south is not what these knuckleheads in the republican party up north think it is a respected position yeah. particularly that church yeah. and it is a it is a credential of acceptance in the wider community and this was he he was down in auburn he could see the commercials all 100 or 500 million of them yeah man he said it was yeah. just unbelievably off tone and I, you know i agreed with him so yeah, they, they look. The Republican playbook under Trump has become loud, stupid, and ineffective in in, right. in all these secondary races, except when the Democrats, like they did in the House, open it up to their scary liberals who are going to take your stuff away, or you know they hate well, the cops. And, and, but but other than that, there it is a they're 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 balsa wood uh, swords, and they're clumsy. MS thirteen, all this stuff they do. It, it's like a Republican primary is the general election, and yet again. Genghis Khan or Attila yeah, the Genghis Hun or whatever Khan. they were doing. Yeah. The, yeah, messaging, the messaging from the top with Trump did not allow them to go to the natural place they needed to go, which was preventing Democratic excess by controlling all of this. Because you couldn't get Trump to move out of the fact that this whole thing was stolen. You right. couldn't say, look, I've, if he'd said, look, I lo I've lost. There's no last line of defense. And except these two. Right. And, and, and he got to, you know, even at like, yeah. even that last rally in Dalton, it was yeah, it like, was like he had to be reminded like, oh yeah. And there's uh we should <laughs> yeah. bring one of these guys up for two minutes to, to tell you well, yeah, why they're you got running tomorrow. Kelly who was supposed to be the Atlanta hope. Remember she was the yeah. suburban moderate. And by the end of it, she's denying algebra and the election, was, you know, <laughs> like a, like a zombie robot from hell. Well, that's the um, thing, you know, I mean, I think if there's a lesson that Republicans need to learn from all of this, it's that if, you know, I mean, Democrats have a challenge to break into some of these rural areas and small towns and do a little yep. better than they're doing. Republicans have to recover some of the suburban voter. They're oh, dead. yeah, it's the whole ballgame. And, oh, yeah. and, 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 yeah. and you're right. Leffler was supposed to be the answer to that. And uh, because she was the object of suspicion among the Trumpies and the right wingers and Collins ran against her, she completely she also was the worst candidate. In, in the history. history of the planet, yeah. Even though she was to the right of Attila the Hun, according to their their ads, I Purdue wasn't great, but she was. Yeah, awful. no, no, I agree. It was like she was trying to lose. Um, it's ironic to me watching it on election night, seeing the Atlanta Hammer winding up, because I I worked in Georgia in the eighties and nineties. I did the Coverdale runoff, Paul Coverdale mm -hmm. back, mm -hmm. and you know we would sit there praying for Gwinnett to come in <laughs> in the the suburbs. You know, or Cobb, like yeah, Newt Cobb, Gingrich's of course, of course, because that was our that plus rural equal. You know, Georgia yeah. would be pretty Republican, yeah. and the rural had more Democrat stuff going on in some parts yeah. of it back then. Yeah. And the old school, you know, there were still Southern white Democrats around in the rural areas. Right. Now it's total bizarre land, different. And uh, if we don't get back, 
in that business of college educated people who make a middle class or better, you know, income, we are screwed. And yeah. this is part of this awakening thing. You know, the same consultants who were lecturing me two years ago about, oh, Murphy, you don't get it. Trump's a new model of po- politics, blah, 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 are now like, hey, this is a Trump death cult. I don't think we can do this anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's been amazing in 48 hours how the group think has you know, histories yeah. have been erased <laughs> old and now, now it's all like, Oh my God, Trump is deaf. They've got hit up, hidden up. And that has hit the, the think of the party. If you listen to yeah. a bunch of hack congressmen hanging around talking politics, uh, well, that is the new topic now. And we're see, we're see. I had the pleasure of working for the last, previously the last Democrat elected Senator of Georgia, Max Cleland. Oh yeah. Uh, I worked for him for a year in 1999. And, uh, to your point, Murphy, Gwinnett Cobb, some of these places, a remarkable sea change in difference in what that state has become. Yeah, new planet uh, now. And how it's attracted, um, you know, it's multinational corporations have attracted many different people. And and look, credit where credit is due. This is a 10-year project culminated last night in Stacey Abrams doing the hard work of really organizing that new electorate because George is not North Carolina. uh, uh, And and obviously Atlanta is a much bigger place than a Charlotte is. But, you know, Georgia is on the path to becoming what Virginia was for Democrats, not what yeah, North Carolina has been. It's yeah. the demography, and you got to give her some credit. By the way, crazy prediction. You guys will laugh. You'll bring up Florida and Ohio. I will refrain from bringing up North Carolina. But I think there's a decent shot that Stacey Abrams runs for president, primarying Vice President Harris from the left. Whoa. Mm. There you go. Write that one and, down. And she'll do, it, she'll do it as the sitting governor of Georgia. Maybe. You know, one thing I would say about that is I did an Axe Files with her uh, last year. Stacey Abrams is not a left candidate. Uh, She actually was a center-left leader of the Democratic bloc in the legislature. She's very much someone who believes in compromise and horse trading and so on. Um, It was a really, it was really interesting to talk to her. Um, You know, I think that the that her fight for voting rights has invested her with this sense that she is, you know, um, that she is of the, of the sort of left part of the party. And there's no doubt that she is progressive, but uh, she's very, she's very pragmatic. I, I, I just think that's where the lane is for her if Kamala gets in trouble. So that's why I think that you're just trumps, fomenting but. trouble. But let me ask you this. <laughs> now I'm predicting wild theories. Okay, then let's take a break right here and we'll be right back. ask you guys had the trump tape i mean let's talk about raffensperger by the way she was on television uh the night before or the night of the primary it's the night of the primary and you know i wrote a piece actually it's uh, in cnn praising raffensperger for the way he's handled uh trump in this issue yeah, now he'll I never mean, get elected anything for the rest of his life so i'm sure he's happy yes, about your, yes his, your his endorsement his <laughs> opponents uh, paid me to do that and i did it no he he deserved it and and none of it you know yes he has been uh, on the wrong side of issues of voting rights and some and and voter suppression and and you know i i but I just think when people do things that are manifestly courageous in our politics that you need to say so. 
mm-hmm. and she was very much uh, running him down uh, because they're going to have to run against him in two years, I'm sure, and they don't want to confer, confer uh, hero uh, hero status on him. But speaking of Raffensperger, if that tape had not come out, would the election have been any different uh, on Tuesday? I mean, or how much influence do you think Trump's cr- strong arming had on on the on that vote? You know, it dominated the media, and I think I, I think Kelly was a goner. I think it's one of those races where the state just decided we hate her. But old Purdue might have slipped through. I think it would have been tighter for him. I think you're right. I mean, I, I go back and I thought about the same question, David, because it's, it's a great one, and I'd love to sort of talk to some of the campaigns and see if they saw anything, if they were even tracking at that point. I don't know. But it is interesting because, you know, we talked for how many months about all the external events around Trump that don't change anything. And I go back and forth that, you know, I think if you – it, it may have just on very, very tiny amount on the margins, because I think most people thought if you're in the Republican camp, you probably thought it was perfectly acceptable. And if you were if you weren't, you probably thought, Jesus Christ, there goes Trump again. But it, I think it just hardens where people mostly occupy. It was an amazing tape. It was like listening to Don Corleone. I mean, it was just like it was incredible. Mark Hamill on Twitter said it was like discovering a lost episode of um, The Sopranos. Yeah. Well, it was I mean, totally <laughs> malevolent. And by the way. Except he's too stupid to be in the mafia. Nixon would be like offended. Like Nixon would say, you got to arrest that guy. Because it was, uh, I miss Nixon right. now. Um, it, it was on Because he was so subtle. Yeah, no, no. Nixon Nixon was a little. Look, look. That's I what I'm, even, I'm not being funny. I'm, I'm being comparatively. I won't wasn't. even get to the great patriot uh, Richard Nixon when. Uh, uh, the Chicago machine where I still vote stole the election in 60 and Nixon said for the good of the country don't fight it point is it was such a naked scam con man thief thug thing that it was every bit as unprecedented American politics as this this insurrection move today that's the thing about Trump there's always a new horrible thing that wipes out the last horrible thing and each one gets worse which is why I agree we should worry about the next 14 days but it was terrible Listen, after the next 14 days, we now we have a Democratic Senate. I think you were the one, one of the ones, Murphy, who was arguing that Biden would be better off with a small Republican majority one vote. because that's yeah. a, hedge, a hedge, against the, hedge against the left. But he has it now. He's got the majority. Uh, Gibbs, what, what does it mean? Uh, what, what, it obviously makes a big difference because you can— It's huge. It's a, control it's, a small, it's a small majority and it's ginormously huge because now he gets the cabinet he wants. Uh, the committee structure in the Senate, which decides how bills move and, and what personnel goes, it, it decides whether you can get a federal judge through a judiciary committee, yep. it decides whether you can get a Supreme Court nominee on the floor. Uh, it, 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 it's humongous. It's humongous. Yeah. Now, th- th- that is not to suggest that but, that means it, everything that he wants to get done he can get done. It just means he has a chance to, because quite yeah. frankly, if we were at 48 or 49 with Democrats, this whole thing was, was going to be cooked for two years. Mitch McConnell would have sat in the corner and dribbled the ball and waited this thing out and tried his luck in 2022, getting a new Senate in 2023, because you know, he, he wouldn't have felt pressure to do judges, you, you know, and I, I loved it when like Democrats would say, well, you think Mitch, Mitch, Mitch McConnell going to hold up a judge for two years? I'm like, have we've seen this goddamn movie? What do you mean? Of course. Uh, on this one point, uh, you know, the uh, the first thing that Biden did was announce that Merrick Garland was his choice for attorney general. 
and I, I know yeah, that, that one of their concerns back. was whether they could actually get a judge confirmed uh, right. to replace Garland in the uh, uh, on the on the very important DC uh, circuit uh, court, the appellate court of court. appeals, the yeah. second most important court in the country. Well, because uh, you had all so, these, right? So that you got that was a Georgia effect, I think. Yeah, you had Democrats who were saying, oh, it's, you know, we, we can do Garland, then we just get like a young liberal to replace him on the Court of Appeals. And I'm like, guys, have you, have you watched anything in the last 10 years? You think but Mitch McConnell's just going to say, it, like, let's take a 40 year old, like, telegenic liberal and put him on the second most powerful court in the country? Like, no. No. Well, but, but beyond that, what it really gives them is they control the debate because they control the floor. Now, that doesn't mean yep. they're going to pass everything, but they will have the forward motion. And I'll bet you. Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, uh, Joe Manchin, they know they're the thing now because they're going to be six or seven of these centers from both parties. Uh, and that's where, you know, they're going to be able to, there was a thing, there was a kind of a thing in, in early kind of 16, they called it the volunteer fire department. And it was kind of a growth out of the gang of six, seven, when, you know, the gang kept mm -hmm. changing. But it was some of these more, more center right and left people would get together on things. And now they're going to have a lot of power. And uh, it, it's going to be, uh, I think, a 50-50 plus one deal is going to be interesting. And it might be the right thing to have right now, as terrified as I but, am you know, the, ideologically but, but, of, of a Democrat House. But, Robert, you know, uh, like I did a show today with Ayanna Presley that, congresswoman from massachusetts and she uh she said what you hear a lot of progressives saying since the vote came in from georgia which is okay now we we, we need to be bold we need to be bold oh, Lord. And, and and well look i think that there are some progressive i mean think progressive goals that need to be pursued but the fact of the matter is you know uh there are a lot of moderate Democrats in the Senate, and in fact, the ones that we just added, uh, Hickenlooper, Kelly, and even the two who ran in Georgia, you know, you'd call them centrist, center left. You wouldn't call them, uh, you know, they're not on the, in the far, they're not in the Sanders-Warren wing of the party. So, the, you know, there, there is going to be tension. And the dynamic, too, yeah. Axe, is that you've got, I mean, look, the, everyone was kind of joking last night when it looked like both seats would go that Manchin was essentially the new president. He's not the new president. There's one of, any one of about eight of them is now the new majority leader, right? right. They actually are the kingmaker of, of how to get to enough votes to get it into the place that something had happened. We shouldn't forget the six, hat tip to, the, to Larry Sabato, the six closest presidential states in the 2020 election all have Senate seats up. And so with all due respect to anybody that wants to go big, they're just that the, the, the Senate yeah. will cool off stuff. It will be the saucer a bit because that it just structurally that can't happen. Yeah. And the ideological non, if you take away party ID, the center to center, right coalition is bigger than the progressive coalition jesus they are so, showing pictures on tv i don't know if you guys can see it's like the msnbc just like it looks like a riot in the rotunda i mean it's unbelievable and just to right it now? looks like uh now yeah uh, no this is from earlier today they oh. just and were for showing, our listeners I've, I've, right now it is about it. uh 10 30 p.m eastern time yeah so, sorry uh, it just was it just was uh I hadn't seen those pictures today, even though I'd been sitting with watching TV. The one that gets me every time they keep showing on a 
that keeps showing on a loop is those bozos on the scaffolding raising the yeah. Trump flag and literally throwing the American flag off the scaffolding down to the ground. That's when I decided I didn't want any more thoughtful policing. Yeah. Well, and uh, we should say, as we record here, um, interestingly, the objection to Arizona's electoral votes went down 93 to 6. Uh, don't know who didn't vote. Uh but that is fewer as you can, you know, yeah. the, the, the impacts of today on, did, yeah. did have an impact on, on the votes, at least in the short term, whether or not there's uh, the doctor diagnosis a break in the uh, raging fever. We won't know that for a while. Yeah, And, the, and, and we should point out that this, the, uh, the, the, the missing vote was because one Georgia seat has. Oh, been true. Cert, you That's know. right. Purdue. Yeah. Purdue so, is. Uh, uh, Ossoff terms expire. Did did Kelly abandon it? I was tweeting she today. Did. She ought to go out like herself. She was she there, did. but she, she did. didn't vote. She was not one of the six. She said she could not do it. Oh, good for her. She gets one day of glory on the way out where she can be herself. <laughs> so I want to apologize to our listeners because um, uh, we decided to forego the mailbag today just because of all the news that was breaking, uh, and because. I was in a piss poor mood and <laughs> I didn't want to greet your questions in that frame of mind. It was a dim day. We will be back with mailbag though next time, next week. So send us your questions. How's this for a transition? Excellent. Uh, send it to us at hacks on tap, gmail.com hacks on tap, gmail.com and, and celebrate the new year by spreading the word. You can rate us on Apple podcast, or you can even click down in the bottom right corner and email the podcast to unsuspecting friends and relatives. Maybe they'll give it a try. We should say something like uplifting here at the, uh, at the end to try not to, uh, cause I, I'm like you acts. I've been in like at least the last few, hours. the first three hours I was just in like astonished shock. And then the last two or three, I've just been really pissed off. I will say, you know, y- y- you read, you, you know, we're, we're all kind of readers of history. Um, and I spent some time navigating the long book on Grant over the summer. Um, and I guess the only thing that gives me some level of hope as we go into one is a, is a new president and hopefully a new start in some things. But I, I do feel like we've navigated as a country um, worse times. Right. What, what, you know, reading through Lincoln and Grant in the Civil War. Yeah. Um, I'm reading is, Lincoln uh, on the verge right now about the 13, his trip to Washington from springfield to take over the presidency while the country was falling apart and by the way there were fears that that the uh, uh that that confederates were going to try and steal the electoral right. uh envelopes on their way to the senate chambers so there were some parallels and yeah we we navigated oh, yeah. that hopefully we can do 1876 this with tilden and everything it was yeah. a madhouse for weeks and weeks and weeks he never got legitimacy so we've had trouble before but we I'll, I'll, I'll let you have the last word x after i just say if the most powerful military force in 1814 when they attacked the capital couldn't knock us out of the play as horrible as today was and all the thinking it'll it'll spark and the and the sad feelings yeah we're beat it yeah i just we're, uh, we'll be back you know i said today on tv and i i think about it a lot uh my uh my dad came here from Eastern Europe to flee uh, this very kind of thing uh, because America, with with all its imperfections, was a place where there was, a, you know, rule of law and uh, a constitution, and uh, uh, you know, and I, 
we don't want to lose that. Uh, we don't want to take that for granted. And if there's one thing that we've learned over the last four years is that these things that we thought were so solid, these democratic institutions, they rely on the goodwill of the people who who we entrust to lead. And, um, you know, I'm heartened by the fact that, you know, I know Joe Biden. I think that he he has a deep appreciation for these institutions and rules and laws and norms. Um, we need to all uh, kind of re-engage and um, insist on that from our uh, public officials. We can't, you know, otherwise we are not going to be the country we think we are. Yeah, it's not automatic. We have to fight for it. Yeah. And, you know, our politicians need to find courage again, particularly yeah. on my side. A republic if you can keep it. Well, we're going to hold them to it in the new year. We're going to hold them to it here on uh, because that's our job on Hacks on Tap. <laughs> and I'm going to hold <laughs> you guys to uh, 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 the uh, the egregiousness of the left where I have stuff to argue about once Trump's in handcuffs and an orange jumpsuit up in New York. And that day will be a good one. So right, happy guys. new year, boys. Good to see <laughs> you. Talk new to year. you later. There you go. Big finish. <laughs> see you next week. Bye guys. Bye.